0: Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Richard Osborne and the Expert Language Trainer Podcast. Hi there, this is Richard Osborne and welcome to episode three of the Expert Language Trainer Podcast. In this episode, I want to talk about something that I brought up in the last two episodes. I was talking about uh, well, of course, talking about the article I wrote for LinkedIn about expert language trainers and talked a bit about um, how, how teachers need to know we need to be, in a certain level, experts about grammar and how we need to read. We need to always be learning. We need to always be reading industry, um, uh, industry articles, blog posts, listening to podcasts like this one, uh, going to conferences, reading books. So I wanted to share what I consider to be... Um, something really fundamental to being an expert language trainer, uh, five books that I would recommend you buy, at least one of, if not all of, to read cover to cover to make yourself more of an expert language trainer. If you haven't read them already, maybe you've read some of them already. Maybe you've gone through bits of some of these already, but you've never read the book from cover to cover. And I seriously, seriously recommend reading these books from cover to cover absorbing everything that these people have to say because these people are the ultimate expert language trainers um they're they're really in my opinion the industry heroes and you can learn something from i'm I'm a big fan of that you know when i when i started my business i signed on to lots of different leaders in the startup business industry uh, doing podcasts doing um, videos and stuff like that because if you can just take a little bit of the magic that they've got from that whole American thing of you know big companies and big money and just being the best at what you do and uh, being an industry leader, if you can get a little bit of that magic and apply it to yourself, um, I find that, that that gave me a lot of confidence and also um, really boosted the way that I was conducting myself in, in my business. And uh, I think if you read these books, at least the first one that I'm going to tell you about, uh, you're, it's, it's really gonna transform how you feel about being a language trainer. And that's something I think is really important, um, that you can really change how you feel about being a language trainer from, okay, I'm doing something where it's not really regulated, I've done a Celta or I've done a Delta, I feel sort of confident like that, but I've learned a lot of what I do by myself. I don't feel like it's regulated. I don't feel like I'm being certified, That I'm being I have recognition for my skills. So I kind of I'm not really prepared to defend myself. You go from that, I, I promise you you read these books, you go from that to, okay, now I know what serious folks in this industry have been doing for decades. And now following on, you know, that I'm following some of their Uh, advice or that I'm already applying some of the things that they said would be good to do I'm already doing them naturally now I feel like you know I'm untouchable now I feel like nobody can criticize what I'm doing I definitely feel confirmed in what I'm doing that's that's the promise of these books and certainly the first one Um, so and I think that's that's one of the keys to being an expert language trainer is feeling like an expert language trainer so I'll give you the first one it's called "How Languages Are Learned." Notice how I pronounced it in the right way and everything. "How Languages Are Learned" um, by Patsy Light Brown and Nina Spada. I'm putting the links to the Amazon pages for these books, the Amazon.com pages. You you know find the same book in your own in your own version of Amazon. Um, I'm putting the links in the description to the podcast so that you can go and, and find out. So the first one, this one, is for me the number one on the reading list of all time of anything that a language trainer should read if you're training adults or even kids this is the one for you why because it they explore language learning from basic principles like you get the idea from the title of the book how languages are learned they're going from the very fundamental principles of what we know about language training and language learning what we know about learning in general um, how it's developed over the century that's passed how we've changed in, our, in the way, our way of doing things and, and why those changes happened and, and what brought them about and where are we now and what methods have evolved from that. So you get that first view of the different kinds of methods that exist in language training that are like in, industry-wide or had like sort of global appeal and that, that really made a splash. And there must have been a reason they made a splash, right? These are, these are methods that were developed scientifically or vaguely scientifically in some cases, you'll see. Um, but that, that, that gained international reputation and, and became things that people would subscribe to and I, I talk about this in the, in the LinkedIn article um, I, I really recommend against ever subscribing exclusively to one particular teaching approach don't ever say I'm a neurolanguage language coach don't ever say I'm a Berlitz coach don't ever say you know I'm a whatever the, the whatever thing you just you, you know you're an expert language trainer that is your approach you are their approach you know, I've, I'm the Richard Osborne approach. You are the Frank Dupont approach. And so, uh, you know, do your thing and that's your approach. And you've cherry picked from different approaches. So you've taken a little bit from Neural Language Coaching and you've taken a little bit from Berlitz and you've taken a little bit from whatever. And you've made your own particular approach based on the kinds of clients you have, based on the kind of offer you wanna do, based on your teaching style, based on your, the way you like to teach language you know these are this is your this is your way of doing things um so um spada and light Brown will show you some of the main approaches they'll give you the theory they'll give you the science behind learning um and language learning what we know what we don't know and it will really make you because they've got you know this third edition now, i think it's quite recent um you know the updated editions they always come out with new stuff uh to, to make sure that you're you're really up to speed on what's happening in the language training industry not like you know what was happening in the 90s no you know they're going to tell you what's happening now in this decade yeah so that's number one buy it read it from cover to cover don't put it down until you've finished every single page of it and you will for sure feel better about yourself as an expert language trainer this applies to teachers anywhere in the world teaching any kind of people just read it right i don't even know Lightbrunn and spada i'm not getting commission i swear I just love this book. I read it from cover to cover when I started doing the just before I did the Delta when I was a couple of years into teaching and it totally transformed my confidence and my approach to teaching. Just by cherry picking all these bits and pieces of the different bits of evidence that they were giving about what works and what doesn't work. It was just it was a revolution, a revelation and a revolution for me. So go for it. Okay, if you read that and then you find that you're really interested in this whole thing about how there's different approaches and how they work and what the evidence is for them working, then go on to a book called Approaches and Methods in Language Training by Richards and Rogers, Jack Richards and Theodore Rogers. Um, this book not only goes into excruciating detail about different methods, and a lot of different methods, a lot. You really, you, I mean you will read it and you'll think a lot of the methods you'll just think my god that's just not applicable to what i'm doing in any way shape or form but it's curious and it's interesting and you might see something in the description of why it works where you think ah, well that's actually a good point you know it's like in the last episode where i was uh bringing up the really quite stupid example of uh you know if you can um if you can uh, make somebody feel like you know learn this language or somebody's going to die then that evokes a really particular kind of motivation in people where they'll probably never forget that language that they use to save that person's life okay so that you know that could be made into a teaching approach it could be put into Richard's and Roger's book and what they would do is they would um, break it down in a framework that they've designed to classify and describe any language training approach or method um, so it's really interesting to get that more scientific way of being skeptical and Um, descriptive about other people's training approaches so when you see for example you know I'm bringing up neural language coaching a lot because it's quite um, trendy at the moment when you see neural language coaching you can use Richards and Rogers' Richards and Rogers um, framework to break it down and to see okay what do I actually think about this in terms of like what the evidence is and what they're, they're what they're proposing and how it works and why it works um it's it's a nice way if you want to get more into exploring different methods if you feel like that's something that can benefit you i feel like it's something that could benefit everyone just learning any method like even if it's the most out there thing i remember studying total total physical response which is a method where um, everything you do in the language class is related to a physical movement so it's really for beginners um that's like lower levels but and a lot it was done a lot with kids but it was like um okay frank Go to the cupboard. Now go to the desk. Frank, give your paper to Jane. And that was like prepositional lessons. So it was all like go to, give to, etc. Um, and that every time you tell them to do something, the kid gets up and does it. Uh, and the the idea, which is uh, you know based in in sciences, that when they're doing things and physically moving and accomplishing tasks based on the language, then it's going to create more uh, stronger memories and therefore. Uh, make the acquisition process faster. So very interesting method. I tried it out a couple of times just for fun, and uh, in one particular scenario where there was a beginner who really had difficulty, it did actually genuinely help. So you you know keep all these things in your in your teacher bank, <laughs> your teacher library, uh, and one day maybe pull them out and maybe try it out with somebody and experiment. You know it's it's such a it's such an unregulated system that anybody can do any method. You don't really need to be trained. I don't need to do total physical response training to do that method. I could just read a bit about it in Richards and Rogers and I can go out and just try it. It's, it's so, you know, it, it's fun and it's cool in a way. I really like it. You know, It's one thing that makes me so passionate about language training. Is that fact? Um, so read that book if you want to explore more. I really recommend it just to, to to have a super wide vision of what's possible in language training and really open your mind to what's possible in language training. But to see it from a scientific point of view. Why is that actually a method and what what's behind it? What's the theory behind it? Right, that's that's important, right? What is the theory behind it? Where is it coming from? Okay, next book, two books by the man, the myth, the legend, Michael Lewis. His greatest work as it is talked about uh, being his greatest work is the lexical approach Um, so the lexical approach was his attempt to look at kind of bringing together all of the new evidence that there was about language training being much more communicative and trying to say okay what you know what can we actually conclude from this and what he was concluding from it was um, that language training was really based on um, the vocabulary was really based on the words, the expressions, the way that words are put together into different parts of a sentence. Um, the idea of chunking, which is just you know something I I read about it and I kept it with me and I still have it today. Chunking is the idea of um, I guess you could compare it to like when you look at a, when you're teaching someone a word and if you were to teach them the individual letters of the word. If you were to teach them the word cup and you're like okay cup is C U P. It's a pretty weird way to teach a word. Similarly, Michael Lewis would argue it's a bit um, fundamentally silly to teach somebody an expression like you're welcome for thank you. If you were to teach them you're welcome, that's you are, which is the second uh, singular forms of the verb. Welcome, which is, a, you know, whatever. if you were explaining each of those individual words, it's actually counterproductive and that, that you're welcome exists as a chunk as much as the letters of a word form a word the words of this chunk the words of this um, sentence part form a chunk Um, and it's something that can really make you think a lot about how you do board work for me it made me think a lot about how i did board work when i was teaching things like phrasal verbs i would often chunk up the different bits of the sentence to really highlight the phrasal verb you know um, frank got on the two o'clock bus and i would put like frank one bit got on one bit the two o'clock bus one bit and show it like that. So say, okay, the phrasal verb is here in isolation. Don't worry about those other words afterwards. This is a real-life example. Um, just take the phrasal verb and imagine, you know, try to think about what that means. And take it as a chunk. Don't think about get plus on. You'll go crazy thinking about that. Think about get on and think about that as a chunk. Not a, it's not a collection of words, but as a chunk. And you can do that with loads of different kind of types of language. Teaching prepositions, you know, get on the train at 2 o'clock in the piccadilly station and each of those bits with the preposition can be a chunk and and for me that was a really interesting way of doing board work really changed the way i started using different colors you know if you look in a Richardson rogers method um, method book about the the silent way you know the idea of using colors to show different things so i would show different i mean it's not not related but i would show different um prepositions in different colors so write the chunk in green you know at two o'clock and then write a red chunk in the Piccadilly station and, you know, do, do it that way, um, you know, or, or, or underline the different chunks or something. It, it really made me experiment a lot with um, the way that I was showing language to learners. And so Lewis would argue that that helps the brain acquire because the brain is acquiring the chunk as opposed to acquiring the individual words that make up the chunk, which is a much more laborious process. And if you've ever tried to learn a language, I think you probably agree. You know, it's like I give the example to my learners of French, because in French, you probably all know the expression. Um, Please in French is s'il vous plaît, right? And when you learn s'il vous plaît, you learn it at the very beginning, like the first lesson in French, you learn merci and s'il vous plaît. And so if I were to go to the first lesson without a lexical approach, without saying, okay, s'il vous plaît, it's just s'il vous plaît. You just learn it, it's s'il vous plaît. Uh, If I were to go in and say, right, we're going to learn the first conditional today or the zero conditional, it's s'il vous plaît. If it pleases you, do you understand that would obviously be ridiculous right that's kind of his point is why do any language like that a lot of language can be chunked a lot of language can be learned in in uh, with co-text you know with with additional um, words attached to it and, and learn that just as one piece as opposed to each individual word translating them individually into your own language or whatever so um it's a great approach it's not you know people would argue it was never made into a pro an approach that was really followable if that's a word like you can't you can't say, I'm a lexical approachian or whatever. Um, you you take the bits from it you like. I think it's a perfect example of cherry picking. Take the bits you like from it and apply them in your classroom. But you would never just say, I only do the lexical approach because it was never really designed that much to be used that way. I mean, he, he did make a book of like how to apply the lexical approach, but you'll see it's not something you could really, it's not actionable. You would have to really re-educate people, learners, about how they learn first and then get into um, how do you use the, the lexical approach with them um, going on to the next book by michael lewis uh, which is a lesser known one but i think one that it should really go quite high on the list i would put this as number two in your buying list if you're going to buy the first book make it like brown and spada if it's the second book you're going to buy make it the english verb by michael lewis because the english verb was really his exploration of english language as a whole and how it's structured and what you know, meaning is in uh, the English language, and as a general look at the English language, it can really again open up your mind about how you describe language to your learners. He you does go into a lot of stuff about like uh, myths and fabrications that exist in grammar books, which I really appreciated. Seeing things like, you know, should you really be teaching first, second, and third conditional? Or should this actually be something that you just do away with that completely and just show people mixed conditionals, show them all the possibilities, show them how irregular it is in in actual real life use. Um, So it's really worth reading just to to give yourself this a new healthy skepticism about the way that typical course books or typical grammar books are actually teaching language. Um, He really kind of disrupts the whole thing. He was the first disruptor for me in the the language training industry. Um, You know, more have come since like Thornberry um, but Michael Lewis was really, crashing as well, Crashing was a great disruptor. Uh, but anyway, um, Michael Lewis, get through the English verb cover to cover, and you will, you will take something away from it, and you really will have a new perspective on what, it, what language is, what English language is, and what teaching the English language actually is, how learners understand it, and, and the kind of fallacy in a lot of things that we do in language teaching. He, he brings out the light and I think it's really good to shine a light on that sometimes. That's some of the things that we're doing we don't even think about. He really shines a light on some of the things that we don't even think about on a daily basis in our classes. Uh, and the final book is just one that's, you know, for me, it's your, it should be your kind of guidebook when you're looking at how to structure vocabulary classes, grammar classes. It's Scott Thornbury, and it's about language. It's a book that goes into real excruciating detail about the English language. It's, for me, the best grammar reference that exists. If you're looking at improving your grammar, for example, for the CELTA, doing the CELTA course, or the DELTA even, you really need to get in deep with how language works and to be able to describe language. That's really important for these qualifications, but I think also for, not for your learners, it's not really to give to your learners this information. It's not stuff you're gonna pass on, it's stuff you're gonna use to design better the kinds of lessons that you're doing where you're transmitting grammar or you're transmitting language to your learners doing like especially written work and stuff like that it's going to really accelerate the way that you um, plan and deliver uh, these kind of lessons it's going to increase the impact that they have it's going to increase the, the ease with which the learners understand it because you're going to design it really cleverly from the beginning you're going to look at a text and think okay how am i going to exploit this text the right way you're going to have the right language to to reassure to you reassure yourself of what you're doing is right and also maybe to share with your colleagues if you're working in a in a group scenario you can share um a lot of this you know you'll be able to easily share a, a, a lesson with a colleague who also has studied the same thing because you would really be speaking the same language It's to really get you to the point where you're using teacher language when you're talking about language so You've, you know you're, you're designing lessons you're exploiting content um, you're preparing a quiz about a video you're preparing the vocab list about a video and you're really taking into consideration how that language is working in a proper teacher way right so get through that book again cover to cover really it needs to be cover to cover it's not a, you know it, okay it is a reference guide I suppose in a way I shouldn't say that but for me it's not a reference guide for me it's to be digested from cover to cover you get to the end of that you're an expert language trainer because you're going to be so, so good at understanding how language works that you're always going to be able to design really effective lessons and really to to hit the target with the objective of what you're trying to teach that learner. Um, So that's book number five. Like I said, I'm going to put all of these books into um, the links to the Amazon pages to all these books in the description. You just need to copy and paste the name into your own Amazon, if it's amazon.fr or amazon.de for Germany or whatever just copy and paste that in. And uh, like I said, first book, buy it, Lightbrown Spada, How Languages Are Learned. Second book, It's Going to Blow Your Mind, The English Verb by Lewis. Third book, About Language, Thornberry, it's going to turn you into a super duper teacher, super expert teacher. Um, Fourth book, The Lexical Approach, it's going to really, by Michael Lewis, it's going to really boost and accelerate your board work. And finally, Richards and Rogers Approaches Methods and Language Training, it's teaching, it's really going to, give you that full overview of the industry you're working in so you just feel like you know everything. By the end of these five books you're going to know everything about language training and uh, that's going to be maybe a little bit of a controversial comment. Willing uh, waiting to see what people say in the comments. Um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Thanks for checking out this podcast and if you want to know more please follow me on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. All the links are in the description. I really look forward to seeing you in the next episode.